The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by one fine co-host. Oh, thank you very much. I'm Lauren Ash. That's right. And we are talking this week about a duo of weird, gross games. We decided to kind of do this as a double feature um, because we had these two things we thought might be fun to talk about, but neither of them felt quite like a full episode. Uh, but they do share a certain something in common. They're both very pink, and they've got a lot of gross elements to them. Very, very gross. Uh, so we are talking this week about two games. One is Spit Kiss, which is an iOS, I would kind of call it a platformer, about uh, spit and kissing and love. And also, yes. uh, also we're going to be talking about The Good Time Garden, a game that's not exactly about love, but is definitely very wet. Yeah, it's very... Most of these have, a, I guess, the other theme. It's pink, it's weird, and they're moist. Very um, moist and, games. And I'm using that word intentionally, even though I know it freaks people out, because that is kind of a theme in these games. Yeah. Um, so they're a little uncomfortable. I think Spit Kiss is cuter. And one thing I want to add, though, Spit Kiss is available also on Android and Steam for PC. Mm, so... Mm-hmm. But it came out later on those platforms. But um, and good, they're both really cheap too. So if you want to kind of gross yourself out in this pandemic, um, you can get. I think Spit Kiss is three dollars, and Good Time Garden is totally free. Yeah, I got we Spit joked, Kiss for ninety nine cents on iOS. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was a sale price or if that's just its standard price. But yeah, I think it's three on Steam. But yeah, yeah. I think I probably got it for a buck. It's really interesting to me that uh we picked these games for quarantine when there's not a lot of uh swapping of things in general yeah i was actually just thinking about that when we were about to get on i was like wow uh spit kiss in particular might be the least 2020 game because mm-hmm. it is all about exchanging fluids with at a distance though. yeah that's true <laughs> Point of so in Spit Kiss, you it's a platformer that's got some like Angry Birds uh, arcing to do with it. But what you're doing is you're arcing spit globs and you're jumping them off walls and platforms to get to your uh, lover on the other side of the screen. So it is both 2020 and the social distancing, and also the fact that you're spitting on someone else is a little not. Uh, pandemic friendly. Yeah, so I, what I love about this game in particular is that, like, it it really is very like it, it, so it, the theming is all about love and romance. You know, it, it it alternates between scenes that are kind of like comic book illustrated scenes of these little cartoon characters falling in love at first sight. Uh, you know, very heightened to the level of like uh, stars in their eyes, uh, people shooting uh, like Cupid's bow arrows at each other. Just real like love at first sight, cute stuff. And the cuteness of it really, really works. But then it alternates those with uh, scenes of 
uh, them literally hurling globs of spit at each other, uh, which are also, I guess, emojis because they communicating emojis through spit. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, little dude uh, on one side of the map is hurling a very wet kiss loogie at little cute uh, cartoon girl on the other side of the map. Uh, and by doing so, she, he's also sending her the eggplant emoji. And then she, of course, at the end, when you get the spit glob over to her, sends back the, uh, wink face. <laughs> no, the, the, uh, the peach, the peach? even oh, looter. Yes. yes. The peach. <laughs> I didn't remember that exchange. I remember a lot of the like hearts and, but I, I do remember now the eggplant of the peach. And I was like, yeah. They know it's what they're doing now. Yeah, that's that's next level uh, emoji flirting. So it's a game all about flirting, but it's done via like via liquid transfer. And the liquid is the sort of like living glob that can jump and and uh, and traverse spiky, almost like Super Meat Boy style levels in order to get where it's going. Yeah. And for a little platformer, it's got a lot of variations. Like you, the, the most fun thing to me early on when I was playing it is that it being spit and arcing like it will slide across walls which the more i say it like the grosser it sounds but oh yeah and there is sound there is sound sound. (laughs) you arc a spit glob onto a wall and it can kind of slide up the wall so that then you can arc the split glob on another wall if you get the right velocity to the spit before you reshoot it and sometimes it can bounce or it can unlock platforms it's actually like a a decent platformer it's got It gets pretty difficult the further you play. But I think the best part about it is definitely the sliding mechanic of the spit globule. Yeah, and it's uh it is like you said, mechanically it's actually quite quite well done. It really feels like uh like it controls tightly for something that you're basically controlling with one finger or thumb. Um and you know that can be hard to do, you know, achieving anything with a platformer on mobile, but this is very well uh well designed for the constraints of the platform. Um and uh it does one thing that I think really makes it makes it work is the sort of slowdown mechanic as you're dragging. So, you know, as soon as you touch your thumb or finger to the screen um, and begin kind of doing the pull, the sort of uh, like slingshot pull to uh, to aim where you're wanting to send your split spit globule in its next jump, uh, time me instantly slows down. Uh, it doesn't stop, but it gets slow enough that you can kind of very carefully line up that next shoot, you know, that next jump. Um, and it, it makes it really work. I had a ton of fun with the mechanics of this and I wasn't really expecting to, I was kind of expect because on the surface, it seems very, very simple. Um, and I thought, oh, well, this is just sort of about delivering its, its cuteness and grossness and theme and story. And in fact, it's actually like a really fun little mobile platformer that I had a, a ton of fun playing. Yeah. It's, it's wonderfully forgiving, but also pretty complicated at times. I think the fact that it all controls really with one thumb, you don't need multi-touch controls. It really, the, the slowing down the bullet time of the spit uh, becomes a really nice feel to it. And you feel really um, satisfied when you do thwack your lover in the face with your spit <laughs> and you get an emoji back. You just feel like, yes, I have a comp- I've, I've communicated relationship. I think I described this with someone as we're covering gross Florence this week. Ah, <laughs> and I think that's fair. Yeah, um, um, I should also add it's kind of got an explicitly pro polyamory or like wanting to sort of show 
or normalize or celebrate polyamory uh, vibe to it. Uh, it doesn't at the very beginning, you know, you, initially you're just seeing a romance between cartoon boy A and cartoon girl B. Uh, but then cartoon boy C enters the picture. Uh, and uh, then initially you may think things are going to go bad. This is where tension begins, but actually not quite. It, it's, it's sort of a celebration of, you know, three people can, can be in love in a similar way to two people being in love. Um, and I thought that was really, really neat and not something I was really, I, I knew to sort of expect that based on the way the game was marketed. Um, because I think they knew that was something sort of special about it, uh, and, you know, wanted to put that out there, even though it could be seen as a little bit of a twist or, or like a surprise. Um, but I, I thought it was really nicely done. And I, I honestly found the characters that the like little like goo goo eyed lovey dovey cartoons actually very endearing and cute and, and kind of wanted the best for them. <laughs> Yeah, you really want these guys and gal to figure it out. And I, I think I was surprised um, because they led so much with the polyamory theme in the marketing materials that it doesn't come in for quite some time. The first three or four mechanics are all around the first uh, couple and them deepening their relationship. But the devs, um, the creator actually said they are polyamorous and wanted to reflect their experience. And they said like the hardest thing is communication, which is why they put all the emojis in. Like it's really communicating back and forth is the theme. Um, and they chose to do it with spit because why not? Yeah. You know what I, the other thing about this, the, this spit thing, what I think I, I love about this is that it's a celebration of, this is not an explicit game. It's not a game about sex. Really. It doesn't even mention sex. This is all about, you know, totally kissing. clean as opposed Very to clean. Other game. <laughs> right. We'll come to that. Um, totally clean. Um, but it is sort of about how it's not about sex, but in a way it's about how good sex is silly, you know, mm -hmm. good relationships and by extension, good physical relationships, good sex. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's spit, there's, there's weirdness, joy, there's fluids. There's yeah. But, and, and it, and it, and it can be silly and goofy and gross uh, but that's part of the joy of of love, right? Of romance and of sex is this is this sort of grossness of it is sort of part of the thing. Um, and I think this game really did a wonderful job of kind of celebrating that side of romance by being gross and adorable at the same time and and not making those two things be like in conflict, uh, but making them part of the same whole, right? And that's something that you don't see a lot, particularly in things that are clean like this, because it's not, it's not an easy sort of point to make in a clean game. That's not specifically about sex and doesn't mention or show anything about it. Um, it still kind of, it still kind of has that message. And I, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. It's probably one of the best things about the game is that balance. I think it's a really fine line to be, a little bit upfront about all the mess and still not um, add in anything. Like there's not heartbreak in this game. There's not a penis in this game. There's no <laughs> in this game. Uh, this, but the game is like, you know, sometimes you fall in love with multiple people and like, sometimes you have to figure that out and there's a little bit of uh, mess to deal with that. And the, the uh, euphemisms they use in the game work very well. I also want to give a shout out to the like cartoon panels. They are 
Absolutely. They're so well illustrated. They're just really cute. And I, I don't know how much else there is to really say about this other than I definitely recommend it. It's a really great little, uh, little, uh, game. I specifically, I played the iOS version and it's great on an iPhone, but I'm sure it's great on other platforms too. Um, it's a real short experience as well. Um, so, you know, you can make it, if you really dedicate yourself to playing this thing, you can probably get through it in an afternoon. Um, or you can just play a level or two on your phone every time you pick it up and that's fine too. And you'll probably get through it in a week. Yeah. There's 80 levels total. So it depends on how good you are at platformers, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, the other game that we were talking about today is, uh, it shares some things, um, but it's very different in a few other ways. Uh, the Good Time Garden. to specifically call it a, a thanks to a couple of listeners who suggested this game uh john brainlove in the discord uh recommended it and uh, uh thanks to john he's given us some great recommendations and he's got a great podcast that you can check out uh gaming gaming in the wild if you want to look his show up and it was also recommended uh more recently by a listener on twitter uh who has a, a great nom de, nom de tweet uh chips and dip uh, whose like at is melt all guns, which is also something I can get behind. So uh, thanks to both of them for suggesting this game, which is one of the weirder things I've seen on Steam. And I, I'm really, I'm really glad we checked it out. But I also, I'm like a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how to approach uh, talking about this game on the show. I'm going to do my best. Give me, give me, a, let me give it a shot here. The Good Time Garden uh, is a. 2D, very beautifully hand illustrated game uh, about a little, I don't know, gobliny looking guy who grows out of a plant and who has a little smiley face and a little dangly wiener. Uh, and he's walking around a beautiful, idyllic garden painted all in cartoon pinks. Uh, and your overall job is to explore this space and find things to feed to your friend and associate the giant baby head. That's pretty much it. And this game is if you know what you're doing, this game is 10 minutes. If you don't know what you're doing and you take 5 minutes to figure out what button does what, which was my first 5 minutes, um, maybe it's more like 25 to 30. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, it's very short, so if you don't want any spoilers... You've got the gist in Reagan's description. I'll also say a couple of things if you're like, I don't know if this game's for me. It's uh, got a lot of like penis trees and boob mushrooms. And, you know, as he said, the wiener's hanging out there the whole time. So if you like um, non-sexual casual genitals in your uh, surrealist pink world, this is a good game to check out. We'll go into more details about what actually happens now. But yeah. if that's all you need, skip to uh, what's making us happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's a very, it's a very uh, organic, wet game uh, about uh, There's bodies. There's no straight lines in this game. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun figuring out what to do in this. Um, but I think the best way to kind of explain the vibe here is that it really felt to me a lot like you're sort of playing out 
things that would happen in the background in Adventure Time or other cartoons like that. You know, it's mm. a, it's a kind of like, and it's even sort of that vibe in the art too. Something I, I was going to mention here was that like, I, I do feel a little bit like these two games share something about their art style. They both feel like the sort of uh, descendants of the modern indie or not indie, but like the, the sort of current. Avant-garde animation. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the current wave of like more artistic while still being potentially commercial uh, animation. Kind of lumpy. Yeah. Bulbous. Uh, and and willing to be like very o- overtly cute, but like in this very specific cute vibe that's not like uh, I, I'm not I'm not really great at describing it, but I, I think probably your best touchstone, at least on the Good Time Garden, would be the animation of things like Adventure Time. Um, it does have that sort of feeling of like a whole world of lots and lots of very complex details that make you look at them and think like, how does that fit into a wider world? Lots of very unique characters with strange bodies and strange faces. Um, and this game plays out as you know, you're, you're sort of roaming around trying to find things to feed to the giant baby head. You know, you can yeah. go out in a few different directions and, and each time you kind of take head out in a new direction, you find some new, sites or strange characters and you usually just have some very simple basic interaction with them for instance you may find a giant frog covered in lumpy frog eggs and you have to walk up to that frog and smack its little egg sacks and hope that one of them drops off and then carry it back to say to to feed to your lover mother friend acquaintance lump gaping maw (laughs) gaping Um, maw lump yes sure but the the fun thing about it though is like at that the frog monster you're slapping their egg sacs but she literally says you walk over something like you can slap my slacks if you want (laughs) uh, i don't know why i said slacks sacks she's not wearing pants nobody in this game is wearing pants all of the characters that speak, you know, your main character does not speak and most of the characters don't, but they all speak in these like bizarre parody of a Yorkshire accent. They're all just doing these very strange voices. Um, I, I believe they're all this, the, the two dudes that created this game, uh, James Carbutt and Will Todd. James is the uh, illustrator animator and uh, Will, I believe was the coder uh, behind all of this. And uh uh, they created this together as a sort of, I believe it started as a school project. I may be wrong about that. They're both young dudes. I think they're about 25. Um, and they they did this all like hand-drawn, frame-by-frame animation. An enormous amount of work uh, to create this game. And uh, they released it for free on Steam and Itch.io. And uh, I can only imagine that they did that because they, you know, they felt this was a weird thing that they wanted to create, you know, a great weird art piece of a 30 minute game. But also I do feel like it sort of stands up as a, uh, as a good, like, uh, you know, these are, these are both young guys who are probably new to the industry. This feels a bit like they're, they're putting their flag down and saying like, Hey, look at the great animation and coding that we can do. Uh, this is going to, I believe kind of function as a, as a CV for them. Like, Hey, this look at this very thing. Good portfolio yeah, for sure. absolutely. And it's, it's interesting to me that, what lines they do and do not cross. Like they hmm. will have boobs sticking out of the dirt that you slap and they get milk out of them. But like you will never, like your actions are slapping, picking up and 
kind of puking or just getting wa- gushing water yeah, out of your gushing yourself. mucus out of your nose is the way I interpreted that animation. And it's, yeah. that's gross and also but, great. But it's not urinating. It's not ejaculating. True. It's, yeah. It, it, there's, there's no like, shitting or pissing. No one ever touches their own genitals, although there's genitals all over it. Like no one's touching a penis. Like mm-hmm. it's, for a game that has so much casual genitalia, it is not pornography at any point. Yeah, that's true. And something about that is like, it feels, I don't necessarily want to compare my glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I don't want to compare it directly to spit kiss, which is going for an entirely different thing, but like Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, they both have this element of like bodies are silly and gross. And that's something to celebrate. Um, the sort of casual grossness of this game, it's like constant display of bodies as not things to be sexualized, but instead things to be like, well, not sexualized, but exploited in other ways, fed to a giant monster. Uh, I was thinking like Hieronymus Bosch. Um, (laughs) and, and again, it's, it's less like there's never a complete human body in this game. It's like someone took, I, I've been threatening to do a Hannibal rewatch. It's going to sound like I've been watching a lot of it, but it, it kind of like someone like carved up all the parts of the body and then put them mm. all at different parts of a garden with no context. Yeah. Here's a massive ass with a face and here's a, you know, little, little, uh, wiener tree, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's, and you think there's some sexy legs, but when you go between them, it's not like there's a vagina. There's just like a, tr- like, it just, the, it, the way they mix and match is suggestive, but never actually depicting a human body. Right. And then the other thing about this theme wise is that like it really, every single interaction you have pretty much, uh, feels a bit like you're enacting something, uh, taboo breaking or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's intentionally it, uncomfortable, right? Every, every interaction you have is, is about an, an uncomfortable thing. And your, your character is this little smiling guy who's just, he's just having a lovely time walking around in the good time garden. And all of the other characters also seem to be having an okay time or a good time in this garden, you know, but you are going up to them and, taking their eggs from them, taking parts of their body away. In some cases, picking up whole sentient talking creatures and throwing them into the, the mouth of the, of the creature that you're feeding, like literally, you know, killing them or presumably, I don't know, uh, you know, chapter titles that say like, you can't stop now. Right. So it feels a little bit like it's a bit about like player complicity you know, this is something that a lot of uh, very dark AAA games love to explore these days, right? Because their designers want you to know that they 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 know, no, right? Bad, they're guys. they're smart. Uh, you know, you're not in this game like uh, spraying f- civilians with white phosphorus, right? It's not The Last of Us Two where you're uh, you know you're you're shooting people and they're they're mourning their dead friends and and they can't believe you killed their dog and their dog has a name or anything like that. It's not like that. You're not shouting out a specific name at all. Right. But you are going in and you are, you know, you're, you're uh, killing creatures in this, but they are happy to be eaten or at least seem to be okay with it. Um, One even jumps in the mouth for it. Yeah. And so that's the kind of, that's the kind of 
way this is playing in that space of like player complicity. It's like, it's like trying to make you uncomfortable, but it's doing it in a way that doesn't ever feel really mean. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting sort of space to play in. This is only a, like a, a 15 minute, 30 minute game. So I don't know how deep we can really go into themes here, but it, it was sort of interesting for me from that perspective, like a lot of games ask you to do something that would to you, the human player be objectionable. Right. Um, and in some cases that's just part of it, right? Like you're, you're, playing this game where you play as Mr. Shooty Man, and maybe you in real life wouldn't be Mr. Shooty Man, but you're celebrating being Mr. Shooty Man in the game because you enjoy it, and maybe that says something about you as a player, or maybe it doesn't. Uh, some games like to make you reflect on that, on that, uh, on that difference. You know, do I, uh, do I really want to enact these acts of violence or whatever it is? Um, this is the sort of like boiled down to just its very silliest version, that thing. Like, do I really want to toss this apparently baby-like creature to its death? Sure, why not? Everybody's having a good time here. This is the good time garden. No big deal. I think the what makes this game have a point of view to me is that when you toss something into the gaping maw of the baby head, <laughs> um, also the fact the baby head morphs and gets more nerves sure does and get veiny. pustules and uh, gets veiny. Um, but as you toss something into the baby head, they focus in on the f- baby head's face takes your whole screen. And it takes what could feel like a very uh, silly moment of like a, or even as victorious moment. And it makes it very unsettling. Mm, so yeah. um, I think that's kind of what gives it a point of view. It's that you immediately see that weird face, the baby, and then you get the black title card with a mate with an unsettling text. <laughs> and a count. Um, yep. And you know you're counting down to something, but you don't know what. It's, Um, yep, it's just, it's just an unsettling thing from top to bottom. And that's part of the joy of it, you know? Like, I don't know if I would have ever wanted to be uh, this uncomfortable or if I would have been amused by the aesthetic for, uh, for very long, but in a literally 30 minute experience that is uh, free on Steam, I, I was really happy to play this thing. I also, I know we've already said this, but like, I just want to hammer home just how good looking the animation and art in this is. It's just so fantastic looking. It's really, really good animation. Um, I, I could look at this, well, for 30 minutes at least <laughs> and, and had a great time. It is excellent to explore this world because you really like looking at it. Yeah. And every time you scroll the screen in a new direction, there's some new surprising, bizarre thing to look at, a new creature to interact with and be uncomfortable about or what have you. And and every single one of them is like a really weird inventive character design that I just, I, I really enjoyed that top to bottom. And that's real hard to do with just shades of pink. So yeah. kudos. Yeah. So not a whole lot else to say about Good Time Garden either. You know, we are... Uh, we are uh, double featuring a couple of really short, slight things here, but they're both things that you can go and check out and uh, probably uh, enjoy for about the same amount of time that you've already been listening to this podcast, and then you're done, which is awesome. So uh, go check those things out. Uh, Spit Kiss is on iOS, Android, and I believe you said Steam, right, Laura? Just PC. Yes. On Steam, yes. Yeah. And uh, is available for either $1 or $3, depending on platform there. Uh, and Good Time Garden is, as far as I know right now, just available for uh, Windows and Mac on 
Steam and also uh, itch.io if you'd prefer to grab it there. Um, and it is 100% free. Uh, if you happen to buy it on itch.io, uh, if you choose to donate $3 or more, uh, you can get the soundtrack, which is actually quite nice. Uh, and, you know, that might be a nice value if you want to uh, want to have some of these tracks to listen to later. Um, so now that we've talked about two, a, a bumper crop, two games this episode, Laura, uh, with just the two of us, uh, then maybe we can talk about what's making us happy this week. Yes, I am going to plug some art you can look at on the internet, because that's all we can uh, look at uh, for art in the United States right now. I guess I could try to risk my life to go to a museum, but I can look at art online. And right now, I have kickstarted um, a book that just came out. You can look at all the art online for good movies as old books. Um so these are a series by Matt Stevens, an illustrator I very much like that did um, posters of movies as if they were old time book covers. So sometimes it's penguin stuff. Sometimes it's like pulp paperbacks. The knives out one is exquisite. I just got the book this week in a couple of my prints. Um, I immediately took the book down and like looked through every page again as if I hadn't obsessed over which prints I was ordering. So Good movies as old books is number one. And the second time, if you're in your apartment or house and you are uh, staring at the walls because you've been in there for a long time and you think you need some new art, there is a shop called Gallery Nucleus in California that has a ton of concept artists give them their personal work. So it's a lot of people who work for Disney, Pixar, um, DreamWorks, these animators who have a lot of interesting ideas that are not for the studios. Um, they've recently done a couple shows I wanted to point out that are you know, virtually you can go online and look. One is close to my heart. They've done one on Playbills, a Broadway poster show where they made posters for like Sweeney Todd and Les Mis and Little Shop of Horrors. The Little Shop of Horrors one is particularly excellent. Um, and I'll also say if you are a Disney fan or kids, they've got Pixar dream destinations and they've also done Disney dream destinations where you do like, you know, travel posters for places and brave or whatnot. Um, but really even their non, uh, animation link stuff is really incredible. They just did one on, uh, mom, mom cats of, uh, Hirotomo solo expedition, which is like, I don't know. It's, it's a very hard to describe, but they are kind of like samurai cats, (laughs) very elaborately done, uh, Japanese style. Um, and you can always look at all the art, see the originals. And if you want to buy the originals, if you have money and the prints, if you're me and don't, um, but like, man, if, you know, I had $3,000, I would love to buy some of these originals. Uh, they're just beautiful. You can lose hours on just looking through the gallery nucleus site and they let you search by color. If you're one of those people. (laughs) Yeah. I guess if you're looking for prints for your home and you want to design by color or something like that, honestly, I like looking at it just as like a, I can't go to a museum. I'm going to go look through here. It's way better quality than you get at like art.com. That's awesome. Yeah. I I, oh, I I had something I was going to recommend and I still will, but something occurred to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to do uh, two things. Uh, the thing, the other thing that i had been trying to place, I've been really trying to place while playing the good time garden uh, 
was what it reminded me of. And I realized one of, one of those things is, uh, one of my favorite short animated films that is available on YouTube called double King by an illustrator or animator called uh, Felix Colgrave. Laura, have you ever seen that? Okay, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can check it out. It's a 10 minute long animated film. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, you'll see why it sort of reminded me of, uh, or Good Time Garden sort of reminded me of it. Um, I won't try to explain something that is a, uh, like a wordless animated film that like is just very, very funny and, and really awesome animation. Um, but go check it out. I'll, I'll just recommend that as a, as a quick one-off that uh, good time garden was definitely reminding me of. And, and I only just now remind, remembered what it was, but the thing that I was going to suggest uh, was that, so this, this week I finally got, I got a, a thing called the, the Saturn satiator, uh, which is a uh, like a sort of a flashcard for the Sega Saturn, and uh, that's made it much much easier for me to check out uh, Sega Saturn games that I hadn't ever played. I'm a huge fan of the Sega Saturn. I love the Sega Saturn console. I had one when I was a kid, uh, back when they were very reviled, and uh, and <laughs> you know today I still I, it's still the the ret- one of the retro consoles I think I play the most because it's got a lot of great arcade style games that you can just pick up and play, and and it's really enjoyable for that sort of thing. And having a flashcard card type setup for it means that I could just load a ton of games onto it and pick through them uh, jukebox style. And so I tried a game this week that I had heard the name of, but didn't really know anything about. This is a Japanese exclusive Saturn game called Tri-Rush Depi. And I'm going to mm. recommend that everybody out there check out Tri-Rush Depi. It is a, a 2D platformer uh, with really great pixel art. Uh, that is uh, star. It's in the very like '90s mascot platformer style, but you can kind of see why it never made it over here because uh, it's it's got beautifully done art. But the main character, who I assume is Deppy, uh, Deppy uh, Tri Rush Deppy is the title, I believe. In the in the intro, it says that it's the Tri Rush race. There's a transcontinental race in the U.S., uh, but it's it's a race between sentient cars that look a bit like the cars from the film's cars but instead of the instead of driving around they walk around on their back wheels and their front wheels are arms they remind me a lot of the the cabs from like Roger Rabbit that kind sure. of animation yeah. style and um it's a whole world of these weird cars. The intro video is just great. You can look up a video of this game on YouTube if you don't want to, you know, burn yourself a CD and play it on a Sega Saturn or whatever. Um, and you'll you'll get just as much out of a video, I bet, honestly, because it's its gameplay is pretty basic. It's just a platformer, but it's just super weird. The uh, uh, it you know, of course, all of the lady cars have massive boobs, and I'm like, if they were going to drive, how how would they get their their wheels on the ground with those boobs in the way. Impossible. How would they drive? How would they drive? Um, but of course, uh, Deppy, uh, the taxi cab, uh, is uh, excited about one of these lady cars that is, uh, I don't know, one of the like race ladies from, you know, the sort of ra- ladies that wave flags at races. So he participates yeah, yeah. In, uh, uh, in this transcontinental race across the U.S. that starts in Brooklyn and it goes to the West Coast. Um, and, uh, and you'd think that you're playing, you're going to play a racing game based on all that, but no, it's a 2d platformer with like, you know, uh, giant boss sprites and, and, uh, uh, plays a little bit like a cross between Sonic the Hedgehog and 
any other sort of mascot platformer. Um, but it's really great. The, uh, the, the, uh, the sprite art is great. Uh, he does this really cute animation when he, when he runs or when he runs out of gas or when he, when he crouches, he does this thing where he like squishes down real low and takes the little taxi cab sign off of his head. Uh, and you know, like a, like a hat and squeeze, oh, yeah, squishes like- down to the, yeah, yeah. It's just a really, really great, uh, sprite art animation in this thing and it, it just really lovingly done. Um, so I will recommend not necessarily playing Tri Rush Depi, uh, and certainly not buying it. It's one of the rarer Sega Saturn games. I looked it up on eBay thinking I might pick myself up a copy now that I'm pretty enamored of it. And it's like $500. <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, but I would recommend at the very least look up a YouTube video of Tri Rush Depi and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll that'll serve. I don't think you probably need to track down a way to play it. Just just look up a video. It's real cute. Yeah, look up art on the internet and then watch a video of uh, some interesting uh, sprite art. Yeah, and car boobs. Yeah, car boobs. Hey, it comes with the theme of the show. It does indeed. I was off theme. You brought us back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Um, and so, uh, listeners. Recommend us your gross video games, games about spit, games about moistness. We want to hear about those and other games, too. Uh, You can let us know what you're playing or what you think we should cover at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find a contact form. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game. And you can find our Discord. Our Discord is for patrons only. So if you support us at patreon.com slash the short game, even at a dollar a month, uh, then you can join us on our discord uh where you can get in on the conversations uh, that become the conversations on this show uh i'll also take a quick second to say uh nate sorry you're not here but congratulations congratulations uh we'll leave it at that congrats nate and uh and and nate's uh lovely wife uh who has never come on this show why have you never come on this show we I was going to say, some of our spouses are not interested in coming on the show, and some of us just inexplicably have not. I think Molly fits in that, is the only one who fits in that second category. Yeah. Uh, We love you, Molly. Um, So so you can find me on Twitter, at Reagan K. Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Laura J. Nash. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.